Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to quickly start off with show notes today. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 14th, which we are already sold out for, so thank you so much for that. We also have an Evening with Medium events coming up on October 12th. That's in Sturgeon Falls at the Riverhouse Museum. Tickets are actually being sold through the Riverhouse Museum, so if you do want to attend that, it's running in the same fashion, same forum as what we normally do here in North Bay, but you'll have to seek out the Riverhouse Museum for tickets. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series that Kelly and I have. It is not on iTunes. You have to go to the website by sarlo.com to be able to listen to that show, but it's so worth it. It's 10 minutes usually. And it runs Monday to Friday, so there are five mini-shows at the first week of every single month. And when you're there, go to the archives, because some of the best shows started back in 2016. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase them and experience them anywhere in the world. Moving on to today's show, we are doing a very exciting part two kind of update, I'll call it, Um, to our search and rescue podcast that we did two weeks ago on a missing man that Karen found using her psychic medium gifts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's a quick recap. Luke and Nicole Arbor from Sudbury, Ontario, sent an email on a Tuesday morning asking if we could help find Luke's cousin, who was missing in Quebec. I don't know where in Quebec, but in Quebec. And over the course of Tuesday, during the day, and into the evening, Jacques connected with me in between seeing clients. Jacques is Jacques Arbor. He is the missing person in Quebec. He connects with me because I'm a medium, psychic, and because I remote view. So through all of those gifts that I use on a daily basis, like you, Kelly, he's able to make a connection with me. So if people say how, I don't even really know how to explain how, other than I can see him, I can hear him, and I'm remote viewing the location in Quebec. Tuesday night, Jacques Spirit connects with me and tells me the location of his body. In a quick review of that, he showed up in my bedroom when I went to bed that night to tell me and show me where he was, but also that I felt where he was. Wednesday morning, and this is going to go into some of the corrections, but anyway, Wednesday morning, I give information to Luke and Nicole via telephone, and they relay all of that information to a cousin of theirs in Quebec, who takes it directly to the search and rescue site, walks straight up to a police officer, and gives them the information. With the information that Jacques gives to me, they find his body within two hours. So that's the recap, Kelly. What has happened since then is that Luke and Nicole Arbor have traveled to Quebec to be with their family. On their way back home from the funeral in Quebec, Luke and Nicole made a phone call to me on a Sunday afternoon saying they were passing through North Bay. And I invited them over to the house. I wanted to meet them. I wanted to connect with them. They dropped in and we sat down And we went through a conversation for about half an hour, maybe just a little over half an hour. And I took notes. Luke and Nicole were also kind enough to email me notes to make sure I get nothing wrong. So what I did for everybody listening to understand what I've been doing. 
Last night I sat down and I went through all of their notes and organized them. I went through all of the emails that Luke and Nicole had sent, which were maybe about a dozen over the period of those two days and a little bit in the time frame after that. And I went through all of the emails to make sure that the current notes that they gave me were accurate. And then I sat down after that and I went back and I re-listened to the first podcast show that you and I taped to see if there were any errors in that show that they have corrected. And what I came up with is a list of 14 points. And this is what we're going to do in the show today is I'm going to go through the 14 points. Okay, so lead the way. They're also random. Uh, I didn't organize them in order of the day. I lied a little bit. <laughs> well, I know, I'm just teasing you. I did go through emails, conversations, and the podcast show. So it's not absolutely in the right order, but I'm going to do my best here to explain things. So Wednesday night, when speaking with Luke and Nicole, Jacques said sister and Perot. He said these two words over and over again to me. And at that time, this was after he was found, Jacques was trying to just give affirmations to Luke and Nicole that he was okay. And during that conversation, they were asking things like, why did he die? How did he actually die? They knew at this point that he had drowned, but they wanted to know if it was foul play. They just couldn't wrap their head around how he ended up in a lake. And to be able to give information to them as mediums when connecting with a spirit, Jacques in this case, you and I always want accurate information a family can confirm. And a name is something that can be confirmed. It's not debatable. So what Jacques said was sister and Perot. So this is what I found out on Sunday, that Jacques' dad had a sister who was married to a Perot. And that Luke's sister is currently married to a Perot. So that made me really, really happy. But other information came through in that. Really, really confident. Oh, yeah. Happy and confident. I know. But I think I, like, I don't really have a huge part in this podcast because this was between you and them. As much as I may have offered yes and no's. But I want to be able to point out as you're going through your 14 points and really illustrate the gifts more than you are telling the story. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, because I think if people are just tuning in for the first time or are just following up based on these two podcasts, it's going to feel like a big hole. Yeah, okay. And when you're talking about needing confirmations or affirmations, this doesn't just make us happy because I think people can associate that with a very human emotion. This gives us the confidence to trust that the guides are giving us the right information and that you really are talking to Jacques. Yeah, and it gives the confidence to Luke and Nicole and the family as well. The other aspect here too, and this these points are going to overlap a little bit, is that Jacques' sister's last name is Juguer. So the comment about sister had to do with at a different point in time on Tuesday when he brought up sister had to do with Juguer. And Juguer Lake is where he was found. So he was bringing up the word sister with Perot because it had certain meanings 
but he was also bringing up the word sister over and over again, and I couldn't figure out why, until we got the name of the lake and that it's his sister's name. Point number two for me. On Tuesday night, when Jacques visited me in the bedroom to give me the directions to where his body was, he kept saying Beaver Dam. And I didn't understand any meaning to it, so I just, again, I just kept giving Luke and Nicole the words Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam is the name of the lake, or in French, it's called, oh, bear with me, Lac Castor, because I'm not truly French, but I think it's called Lac Castor, which is just underneath and attached to Juguer Lake, or Lac Juguer. So in a map, you're going to see that Jacques named those two lakes. Point three, coming quickly on the heels of those two lakes, which I don't understand at that time, Tuesday night, when he's telling me this, what Beaver Dam means. Keep that in mind. So I'm not interpreting that. Then he says to me, Lac Long. And I'm like, what is Lac Long? And it didn't make sense to me at the time when I was speaking to them because they asked me where his insurance was and if he had insurance. And Jacques' answer was Lac Long. And I'm like, is that an insurance company? We didn't know. But we now find out that Lac Long is beside, and if you're looking at a map, to the left of Juguer Lake and Beaverdam Lake. And I have a map for those that will go up on the site so people can see that what Jacques did was he named the three lakes. He couldn't have worked any harder for you. He was absolutely on his game. Point number four. Jacques told me on Tuesday evening that he would be taken out of the lake by helicopter on Wednesday. So Wednesday morning when I spoke to Luke and Nicole, I told them that that he would be taken out that way. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper that I texted to them so that they could have that. And I still have that piece of paper. He told me when I visited with them on Sunday that the two police officers who went on ATV to the lakes found the body first. Well, I shouldn't say first, maybe at the very same time as the helicopter, but they arrived and they tried to pull Jacques out of the lake using the ATVs, and they were unsuccessful because the body was waterlogged. So what ended up happening was the helicopter pilot ended up lowering a rescue basket, which they put underneath Jacques' body, and the helicopter lifted him out of the lake. So Jacques was absolutely right Tuesday night that on Wednesday, it wouldn't be the ATVs or the police that pulled him out. It would, in fact, be the helicopter and the pilot. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When Jacques is giving you this information, does he seem lighthearted or is he laughing or is it just factual? Calm. He was calm. Okay. I didn't get any sense at all of stress in him. I didn't feel any in the bedroom. I ask that question on purpose and I'm sure most regular listeners will know that by now because that can be where our human self goes into how tragic this is, how horrific it is, um, how how pained he must be on the other side telling you this information. And I asked the question to illustrate the fact that while his physical body is unfortunately being lifted 
by helicopter in a rescue basket, the soul and spirit are calm Mm -hmm. and they're okay. Yeah, he was. That this is not tragic for his soul. That's spot on, Kelly. That's so true. Remember now, if anybody's really listening to this and picturing it, I'm just laying in my bed relaxing and he's just standing beside me. And then at one point, just sitting on the bed, just talking to me, telling me what happened as a matter of fact. But when I see him doing this, I see the physical body sitting there, the bald head, the the clean shaven face. I don't see him waterlogged. I see him very healthy. And I see him calm and very content with everything. Not stressed as some people might think as, as you're suggesting. Fact five. On Tuesday, when I first got the email, I felt depressed. I felt mm, brain fog. I couldn't sort my mind. And I mentioned this in the first show that we did, my state of mind. And that when I first bring it up to Luke and Nicole, Tuesday afternoon or early evening, they can't confirm that. And they don't think that that's correct, given what they knew of him the last time they had seen him, which I found out on Sunday was probably about a decade or two ago. On Sunday, when they visited me, Luke and Nicole were able to say that at the funeral, they were able to confirm by Jacques' family members that they were concerned about his mind, that a co-worker had mentioned to one of his brothers that he struggled at work, that he was writing things down that he normally didn't need to write down, that there was some confusion around, that he thought he had done some tasks that he had not done. And that there were a few people, both at work and in his private life, that were concerned about his brain and the functioning of it. So they gave the affirmation about him being depressed and also the second one of the brain not working properly. Sixth point. He said he would be found on Tuesday when he told me this. He said he would be found fully clothed and he described that he was in pants and a shirt that it was not shorts and a t-shirt, bare-chested, that type of thing. So he described that he had like his shoes on and that he would be found clothed, which I think, I don't know, Kel, I think that's important. And what I try to do is make sure that's hugely important because that means he didn't go for a swim. Ah, right. That calls into question either foul play or suicide. You don't go swimming with your shoes on. You don't go swimming with pants on. You don't go swimming with a long shirt on. Correct. And that's point seven. You've segued right into it. So in point seven, he had said Tuesday, the very first conversation I had with Luke and Nicole, I said, no foul play. Those were the first three words out of my mouth that day. No foul play. And I think that was really important because Jacques Spirit came in to say it right off the bat. And I think in the sense to say that what has happened to me is of my own doing. No one lured me. No one attacked me. I wasn't set up for any of this. This is choice. This is important because then the family can just grieve. The grief is not complicated with anger or fear. That someone's coming after their family, someone they love, and potentially them. Yeah, or that he was victimized by randomness on the side of a highway when he was trying to be good. They can sit back and let go of some anxieties. Point nine. 
The search party on day three was not near Jacques at all. They were in the complete opposite direction. Everyone on Tuesday, and I, I don't know if it was the very beginning of Wednesday morning, were opposite of where Lac Juguer and Lac Castor is. So they were nowhere near close to finding him. When Luke's cousin arrived, he went right up to a police officer and said they had this information. And Luke confirmed for me that they said that they had called a psychic in Ontario and that the psychic said, here's where the body is, and that the police officers took the information with the helicopter pilot and went immediately there, questioned nothing. And that is exactly where they found him. Fact 10. Jacques mentioned, oh, I think it was on Wednesday evening, he mentioned R-E-N, and I remember him just trying to spell something out for me and I didn't get the rest of it. So I asked Luke and Nicole for help because I said, there's a person, it's a male. That's all I could get was that it was a male name. It started with R-E-N and I couldn't figure out if it was Renee, Rainey. I could not get it, but it turned out to be his brother's name and his brother's name is Ronald. And the point to that was that he wanted to say hello to his brother. There was love in the message. Point 11, on Tuesday evening, he told me that he wasn't that far from the road. On Sunday, when we visited, Luke and Nicole were able to verify that these two lakes are not that far from a road. So it wasn't 30 kilometers in, it wasn't that far from a major road. Fact 12, Jacques had told me on Tuesday that he was not yet with his mom and dad and that his mom and dad had passed. And Luke and Nicole said that was correct, that his mom and dad had passed years prior. And I learned a lesson in this one, in point number 12. And I had to apologize to, or, and I chose to apologize to Luke and Nicole about this. Because when I first spoke to Jacques, and he said his mom and dad had passed and he wasn't with them, I assumed that he meant that he was alive because he said he wasn't with them. And it wasn't until I believe it was Thursday evening when I went out for a walk, that Jacques showed up and said to me, you didn't ask the right question. And I said, about what? And he said about my mom and dad. And I said, can you explain it? And he said, yes, you asked me if I was with my mom and dad. And I said, not yet. And you assumed that that meant I was alive. He said I had passed, but I wasn't with them yet in the sense that I was still doing my transitioning. So you needed to ask me a better question. I love it. That's a, that's a teaching moment. Oh, I loved it too. And it, I think it also shows our humanness as well, where some people could be very upset and focused that of all the points that you're going to make today, we got this one wrong. We as in psychics or mediums. And this is where we still get to learn that in those split seconds, we have to figure out all kinds of the correct questions to ask to get accurate information. And that reference systems keep changing. Well said. Point 13, Jacques and Luke are cousins. And in the first podcast show, I made the mistake of saying that uncle. uncle. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to clarify that 
um, they wanted me to clarify that because we really do want the two podcast shows and all of the information to be accurate, including when mistakes are made. Yes. And number 14, which is the last one, which actually we all just found out about on Sunday at the end of our visit. So remember saying to Luke that on Wednesday morning at seven in the morning while I was still in bed sleeping, my phone went off with a text message saying that the helicopter pilot and the police were waiting for my directions. And I picked up the phone immediately and called him and thought, okay, thank God Jacques showed up last night in my bedroom and gave them to me. So I called him at seven in the morning-ish, close after that, and gave him the directions that Jacques had gave me. I found out on Sunday that he never texted me. He looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I didn't text you at seven in the morning. You phoned me. And I said, no, I, I got a text message from you saying that they were ready to go in the search and rescue. And Luke and Nicole told me they never texted me that I initiated search and rescue on Wednesday morning by calling and saying, okay, so here are the directions. And they were shocked because it was 7 a.m. Yes. <laughs> so somehow Jacques got a text message to me saying, get on the phone and call them. And I did. So I said to him, I'll go back. I'll look at my cell phone. I'll take a picture of the text message and send it to you. So they left to go back to Sudbury. I went back to my cell phone. I scrolled down to the Wednesday, early morning for 7 a.m. There's no text message. I can't find it. So in extraordinary ways, Jacques and I had a wonderful relationship. Mm -hmm. And even though it might be a very short-term one for a couple of days, I feel extremely blessed to meet him. Congratulations. Thank you. You and I both know that not every search and rescue has a Jacques story. Mm -hmm. They don't all come in and say, here are the directions, here's my body. I certainly don't want people to walk away from this and think that was easy. That sounded like it took an hour. That sounded like it took 15 minutes. That's a quick, easy job. No, search and rescue is hell on earth. Yeah. It's so much stress. It's unbelievable. I want to take the time, and I did this on social media, but I want to do this for listeners as well. We posted a picture of Luke and Nicole when they came for the visit, and we posted our thank you, but I want to use this as a platform as well. Yeah. This is the first time that we have ever been treated with this much respect by a search and rescue team, an official one. Yeah. Where, like you said, they didn't question a single thing. They took directions and worked. They were a team in the truest sense of the definition of team. And it is the first time that we have also had someone bother to debrief us. Correct. That Luke and Nicole took the time to sit down and make those 14 points with you. Yeah. It wasn't about correcting you. It was about saying, here are your affirmations. Because as you say, when you're giving the information and it's all coming in and it's all sounding and feeling very random to us, we often don't know which pieces 
are the connecting pieces for that team. And we might think that it was the lakes, but we might not understand all three of them and think, huh, I only got one out of three right. For them to come back and give you the affirmations for all three names and locations, that's huge. They took a picture. They actually went on Google search and took a picture to show me the three lakes. Then they went to great lengths to actually text me that so that I could use that. This does wonders for confidence. This does wonders in gratitude. And it's the reason that we want to keep doing it. I hope that every time there's a search and rescue for a Luke and Nicole as the contact for the family, I want every time for those police officers and helicopter pilots to be in that state of mind that the goal is find him. Not, I don't believe in that bullshit. Find him. Help him. Help his family. But that is not what we are greeted with. And they wholeheartedly, the entire team did. Yeah. Lovely. I'm so happy for you that you got all of this. I'm so happy for Luke and Nicole that they had you. Yeah, because without Luke and Nicole being those two people that did that, without the police officers and the helicopter being those people, his wife and children, brothers and sisters, co-workers, families, friends, community, don't get their closure. There's a reason that team and teamwork is something we're supposed to value as a society. Mm-hmm. and that we are to strive to be a part of. We're not striving to be individual heroes. We're striving to be part of teams. Excellent. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend.